Hi, and welcome to C. Myers Live. My name is Sally Myers. I'm a principal at C. Myers Corporation. And I'm Rob Johnson. I'm president and also principal here at C. Myers Corporation. So we're happy to have you back again. And today we're going to talk about some of the learnings that we've had, as always, over the last week or so. And also that we did do a uh, participate in a webinar where there were CEOs, CFOs, C-suite level participants. And we wanted to share with you some of the information that we were able to gather from them. They helped us out a lot by participating in surveys. And so Rob, just take it away. What was one of the first things that we talked about with them? Well, one of the things that we were talking about that you can help compare your own perspective on is how much of your earnings are you willing to commit to extra member givebacks in this environment? We know that there are different things happening on you know, scenarios, but from a give back to make a difference to help support your members, what are you willing to do from an earnings perspective over the next year? And we gave them categories ranging from under 10 basis points of ROA to the highest was 100 plus basis points of ROA. And while the answers did vary, saw that the highest concentration of answers came right around 50 basis points of commitment and earnings, which is a pretty big commitment. Yes, absolutely. And so from a member, member give back perspective, there's lots of different ways to give back to the members. So what were some of the things that they were talking about giving back? How did they rank them? And really over the next six to 12 months? Well, there was a range of what they were looking to do. Some of what they talked about is to go ahead and defer a lot more loan payments than what they were originally feeling that they might be required to do to make it just extra convenient for the members and also having more generous terms for the members on what it takes to pay those loans back. Also going down the route of waiving a lot more fees or significantly reducing fees and doing different things such as loosening their underwriting, lowering their loan rates and other steps that they might do to make things a lot more convenient for the members. Yeah, and so what it showed is that nearly two thirds of them said over the next six to 12 months, the member give back would be in loan deferments which is pretty exceptional. And what were they talking about with respect to loan deferments, with respect to mortgages, autos? Yeah, they were they were walking through from not only making it super easy for the members to defer their loans for a longer period of time, whether it's, and you see a range out there of those who it's pretty much at the click of a button on your app to those saying, look, we're just going to you know defer your payments unless you want to pay it right now. We're going to defer it and we're just going to add the payment on the end of the loan versus having you start to have to have your payment go up afterwards. So that was a big difference for some of them on the discussion. Sure. And then some of the clients I've been talking to over the last week or so, they're saying now the members are calling and they're requesting. So again, a wide range of um, scenarios there and how they're handling the deferments. And as you were talking, one of the questions that came in, Rob, was what about deposits? What are people saying about deposit rates as a member give back? Yeah, it was kind of interesting. It was one of the things that we had in the survey was uh, good non-maturity deposit rates and good CD rates. And it was at the bottom of the list. So out of those 100 plus decision makers, as they were seeing it, that was the least impactful for helping their members in this environment but then started talking about cross-referencing that with what are the rates that they're paying in this 0% environment, 
And you'll notice that there's a little disparity there that, you know, they're paying still really nice for a zero environment, even though it's not a good source of member give back compared to some of the other things that they think will make a larger difference. And so that raised a lot of discussions as to, well, how might they shift some of that prioritization, adjust some of their pricing strategy so it leaves them more room to be generous on waiving the fees and deferring the loans and loosening some of the other things that they do for the members to help them that are most in need right now. Yes, and so what can be very effective is do this for your team. So work with your team and ask the same questions. What are we willing to set aside in the form of ROA to give back to the members in the time of need over the next 12 months? And get that discussion going and then take that and say, okay, if, if, let's say you say it's 50 basis points, just like the majority of the people here said it was 50 basis points. Take that and, and then define, dig in. Well, what does member give back look like? And use the brackets over the next six to 12 months. But also, which we didn't have time to do uh, in the webinar, but we would recommend is take that same question as prioritizing member give back in the next six to 12 months and expand it and ask another question and what would member give back look like in a 12 to 24 month period. And that way that can help you for your organization. You get to hear what people are thinking possibly in the next six to 12 months, maybe still a little bit in crisis mode, but longer term how that give back might change. And so as you're running your, your numbers and you're looking at your financial possibilities, you can understand how you might be using your financial ammunition, at least agree on it ahead of time. It does seem to open up a lot of that creativity from the group too, because once they start picturing more of a potentially a recovery mode for the members and what they might need for that and leaving some of that financial ammunition for that kind of environment too, then it helps balance out what are we looking to do right now versus what room do we want to have to really make progress for our members in some of those different paths of them coming out of this. Yeah, so so we understand what the what this broader group is thinking from a member give back perspective. We dug a little bit deeper into what member give back looks like from the short-term perspective. And then the other thing we wanted to understand is what's their mindset with respect to the economic health? across the nation and so we asked a couple of other questions yeah and this is uh, this is really taking from the types of things that I know that have been discussed in some of the previous live discussions is those economic paths and what was interesting and we thought that would be helpful to share with you is out of the hundred you know plus people is the number one answer when asked what do you think is most likely on the scenarios of the economic health it came back saying that it was a hospital stay. That, that was number one. But right behind it, and this is something that's been changing even over the last week, is that that induced coma where it gets extra stressful for you know the next six months to a year, really high unemployment, and then starts recovering. And so that's been a shift in mindset that we're starting to see. You know, say that. I've seen some of that trend in the different discussions that I've been having with credit unions. And I know you said something similar, Sally. Yeah, absolutely. And then let's go on to the, the bad case. Yeah, because you have what do you think is most likely, but also what would you want to prepare your institution for from a 
numbers perspective and understand the impact. It doesn't mean that you're going to take action today for that bad case, but you would at least want to see what pressure it could have to the earnings, to the net worth, and other parts of your organization. So what we did in asking the question there on the bad case is it came back saying about 60% of them were looking at the extended ICU, which is that scenario that was very similar to the Great Depression where unemployment heads up to 20% and then keeps climbing the following year to 30% and stays at that 30% level for a while. So that's an extremely stressful environment to potentially go through. And so they viewed that as that's probably, you know, almost two thirds of them, what they would want to make sure they understood for their credit union. Yes, and so you can see that the mindset is shifting as time goes on. And it's important to continue to have those discussions with your team and it's okay to have it shift. This is where if you're thinking it's going to get worse this week than you thought last week, make sure you're up to date on your triggers and you're talking about the levers that you would pull if you started to see things getting worse. But also make sure that uh, you have somebody in the discussion that will not just be about the doom and gloom. And, and again, there is opportunity, we'll spend a little bit of time toward the end talking about some of the opportunities that are out there as a result of what's going on. But again, continuing the discussion, it's not about getting the economic paths right because there, nobody knows what it's going to be, but it's about the discussion and the possibilities from those discussions. Oh, and I see here a question coming in saying, well, you know, it's kind of a common theme right now, but I, I'm way too busy. How do I find time for this? And yeah. Yeah, we, we, excuse me, we do hear that a lot and understand that, but the thinking needs to occur. And so one of our thoughts is right away, these are perfect discussions for ALCO meetings. And now is the time to have your ALCO be agile and be forward thinking. So that's one area, shift the focus of the ALCO meetings. Yeah, and I'll say it's really interesting because right before all this happened in early March, we had an education class named Agile ALCO, and quite a few of the attendees said that timing was perfect because we've already shifted what we are doing and the discussions we're having in our meeting and really getting more forward-looking in it and we've set all those things we've treated as requirements before as more of a that's what you got to do ahead of time you come into the meeting already with yep we've consent agenda on it but let's focus on the important things in this environment yeah and on top of that uh, the senior leadership meetings and allocating some of those and people meet on a regular basis maybe half of those are operations based because working remotely is very important right now and then the other half can be future focus. And then also with respect to board meetings, it get, making sure that your board is part of the conversation as far as what could happen as the, uh, the situation continues to unfold. So the main thing is, is reallocate some of the meetings that you already have. And the other thing too is keep it high level. Do not get bogged down into the minutia or the details because you for sure will be wrong on the details. There is something that we always learned from the beginning here at T. Myers, and that is I'd rather be roughly right than precisely wrong. 
And there is no one who can precisely know what's going to happen on these paths. So that work that takes sometimes for the extra specifics of, well, this loan's going to do this, and this deposit's going to do exactly that, that's not going to work when you're trying to lay out some of these longer-term paths of an environment that none of us have ever been in. And the other thing I, I wanted to make sure that we talked about is what's working well for the credit unions that we've talked with in the last week and a half. And one of the things that I really loved hearing from the clients that I spoke with is they're listening to what their members are saying. And there's a common theme. And the theme is the members are saying, I am so glad, so glad that I do most of my banking with you, or in some cases, if not all of my banking with you, and that the credit unions have been a, a stress reliever in the time of stress. The comments that they're hearing is, I only had one place to contact, and there was somebody there to help me. And so there's a way to, regardless of what the economic has are regardless of what happens stepping back and looking at that if that's meaningful today how might that be meaningful as we go back to whatever the, the i don't know that we're going to go back to anything but whatever our new norm is going to be yeah and that that's one of those things that you really help that experience for your members is make sure that as they're making requests looking for things that you're helping to connect those dots Oh, I know you also have this other account. Is there anything you'd like help for on this as you're going through that? And so connecting the knowledge about that member. So I just sorry to interrupt, but got a question of you know having everything under you know at one financial institution, and 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 the question is, but I don't think I want to hold mortgages now. I mean, I've never seen rates like this. <laughs> Rates are going to go negative. So, what's your suggestion there? Well, as you know, we're we're in the risk business, the ALM business, but also the solution business, and all those things need to be connected. And it's very fair to be concerned about should I portfolio mortgages in these low rates? And you know, it, this is not you know you won't walk away with a yes or a no from this discussion, but rather evaluate it and see what are things you could do to portfolio some of those mortgages so that you can actually take actions on behalf of your members, but take steps to help reduce the risk and offset it. And that's where really the modeling comes in is to say, if our members really need mortgages right now and want mortgages, what could we do to do, take care of that, but also still have it where there's a benefit of us being able to handle that mortgage for them in the future, where if we sell it, then sometimes our hands are tied as to, how much flexibility we can have on working with that member. So can you do different borrowing strategies, different offsets, hedging, adjustments to the investment portfolio, or other steps to help support those members' needs, but still do it safely? Yeah, and, and then a, a couple of other strategic discussions that occurred uh, recently too was talk about mortgages and, and the demand for mortgages, but what's happening with auto sales? And so for a number of institutions, auto sales have essentially come to a screeching halt. Yeah, right, right. But after this is over and we unfreeze a little bit, our economy unfreezes, 
what might it look like going forward as a result of social distancing and this uncontrollable virus. And so some of the conversations were people were thinking maybe auto sales might actually go up because um, ride sharing might decline, which we thought was really yeah, interesting. And especially depending on certain areas where you might have a bulk of your member members in your area because of the city that you're in and that location that they do a lot of ride sharing because it's just more convenient, but that might shift because they don't want to be relying on either public transportation or ride sharing in those scenarios. They want a little bit more flexibility in their own space. So that could be something to at least talk about and look for and make sure if the trend does shift back that direction, that you're there for them and seeing that ahead of time. Yeah, another uh, topic of discussion was, gosh, people don't want to touch cash. Are they going to want to touch plastic? And so how might it look going forward from a debit, a plastic debit card or a plastic credit card and provisioning the, um, the, the debit card and the credit card to the smartphone and going more and more thinking now about contactless payments and how you might need to take action on that. Yeah, that utilization, any of those technologies that we, you know, create a little bit of physical distancing and gives them ability to make the purchases that they want without having to touch other things and hand things off, then that that's one of those things to be watching and making sure if you're seeing it go that direction, you're ready for it and you're giving solutions for your members. And the final thing, and then we'll sign off here, is a question of we made a lot of changes quickly and we got very creative. So let's start thinking now about the business practices, the business processes, the business rules, that when things start to go back to some semblance of normal, we can take those things and scale them for the benefit of the membership and the benefit of um, our employees. And one more thing, I know I said only one, but I'm gonna add one more, is some are starting that discussion of what does it look like to cross-sell when they can't be face-to-face -face with the members? And credit unions are traditionally great at the cross-sell, the face-to-face. -face. And so now is the time, even though you don't have a lot of time, now is the time to start thinking how you can take that and have that work in a digital world. Yeah, very much so. A lot of opportunity there. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, and as always, if you have questions, Additional questions, feel free to contact us and we'll get back to you just as soon as we can.